Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And good morning, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you're with us today. Unfortunately, I do not have a coffee cup today. I've chosen my caffeine intake via a Coke Zero. Coke Zero. I, for years, have been a Diet Coke fan, and then they invented Coke Zero, and I, I mean, the jury's still out, but I think I like it better. So anyway, I'm going with it today. There it is. I'll tell you another thing I'm going with today, and that's Revelation chapter 12, because that's that's where we are. And we're in this great chapter of symbolism. So Revelation 12, we've talked about the woman, Israel. We've talked about the the dragon, uh, the devil. We've talked about the man-child, Christ, Messiah. And we've talked now about uh, the woman fleeing in the wilderness, Remember, we've jumped forward now. So we've, we've been talking about the past, and now we, we've jumped forward to the Great Tribulation where believing Jews are getting out of Jerusalem, uh, saving their lives physically by escaping the massive persecution of the, uh, the Antichrist and uh, those that are driven by uh, the devil and his plan. And we're seeing the the beginning of the Great Tribulation. I think a great parallel verse uh, for you to consider is in uh, Daniel chapter 12. And we won't turn there, but the Bible equates the beginning of the Great Tribulation with Michael standing up. And I find that interesting because Michael is standing up here in Revelation chapter 12 and standing up to the devil. And standing up in the name of Jesus. You say, how do you know that? Because remember that verse in the book of Jude where it talks about we need to be respectful of authorities. And it's really kind of odd because in that entire section of Jude, uh, an illustration is given about even Michael didn't bring a railing accusation against the devil in his own name. But he said they were arguing about Moses' body. Uh, which I want to ask the Lord about that because that sounds really interesting. But Michael said to, to Lucifer um, the, that, that the Lord rebuke thee. So in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord, I come. In the name of the Lord, I stand. So even Michael, the great archangel of heaven, understood that his power and his authority was not in himself, but was in the Lord. So in that sense, Michael really serves as the anti-Lucifer. Remember, Lucifer, the greatest of God's creation, read about him in Ezekiel chapter 28, Isaiah chapter 14, uh, Lucifer didn't see his identity as being uh, one created by God and therefore one who owes God the glory and the worship, but Lucifer just kind of got full of himself, and I am just like God. I am equal with God. And I also will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. I will be like the most high, the pride, the sin of pride, right? So is it not interesting that Michael and Lucifer, 
and perhaps Gabriel, and this is just conjecture, were probably uh, angels of the same rank in heaven, archangels. And here we have one archangel who stayed true to God, Michael, uh, who is leading an army. And then we have Lucifer, the one that rebelled against God, who's leading an army. And now all of the tension of the ages comes to bear as Michael and his army uh, fight against Satan and his army in heaven. What a thought. You say, well, Pastor Skelly, that doesn't even make sense to me. Or many of you know me as Kurt. Kurt, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, understand that although the devil certainly has access to this earth, he also has access to heaven. So remember the book of Job where the sons of God appeared before God and, and Satan was there among them? So there is access even today to heaven by the devil, that he that the Lord allows him access, and he, apparently even some of these uh, other angels. And there will be this war in heaven during the tribulation time. Now, there's much that I don't understand, but if you and I are there in heaven as New Testament saints, will we be able to sideline this war? Will, will we see it happening? I think we will. And I think I can give you ample evidence of that in the ensuing verses. So let's jump back into verse number seven. There was war in heaven uh, between Michael and his angels. They fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. What an epic war this is. And watch what it says in verse eight, and prevailed not. So it seems that the devil and his angels are the instigators because the Bible says they prevailed not. So could it be that Satan at this point in, in history, or well, actually in our fu- in the future, uh, will assume, hey, I want to take over heaven. This is my chance that this is my this has been what I've been waiting for. I'm gonna take over the headquarters here. I, if I can get heaven, I can get earth. So it ha- so Satan is fighting with his angels against Michael and his angels in heaven. Wow. The Bible says, he prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So this was the time ultimately, this will be the time ultimately when Satan and his forces will be expelled from heaven. Look at verse number nine. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. So isn't it interesting that as John describes this, as John helps us to understand this future event, he calls him the great dragon. So the one that's always been seeking to destroy the man child, the one that's always been trying to counter God's redemptive plan. We read about that in verses three through five. Okay, but the great dragon, who is also the old serpent. So what is John doing here? He's referencing the scope of the devil's activity from the very beginning. From the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, the serpent has been trying to upend the plan of God. So the dragon, the old serpent, verse number nine, called the devil. So the devil here, Diabolos, or the slanderer, the one that has been consistently uh, and 
without and continually slandering the people of God, accusing the brethren. Then the Bible says, and Satan. So we have four, four names for the same person. The dragon, the old serpent, the devil, Satan. Satan would mean the adversary, the one that has stood against us, has stood against God and God's people for time immemorial. The Bible says, uh, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So what an end to the battle in heaven. And the end is that heaven has finally expelled the devil. He'll never have access again. That was his last view of the throne room. That was his last view of heaven and all that one day uh, we will see as a reality. That is his last view. And the, the angels that were created there, uh, that they're now gone. So where, where are they? They're on earth at this point. Now, it's not to say that the devil does not have access to earth. He does. Garden of Eden, temptation of Christ. I mean, he's had access, but his access now will be limited. He will no longer have access to the, what we call the third heaven or heaven proper. He'll have only access to space and to this earth uh, at that time. And, and watch the, how it continues to unfold here. Verse number 10, and, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. So the war is over. Satan and his army have been expelled. And now this, this proclamation, like the victory proclamation after war. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our, of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So this event is the great harbinger that it's all coming to a head. Boy, now is salvation come and the kingdom is coming and, and the end is coming. It's all right here, right now. Why? Because we're seeing this big rock uh, this big rock event, this this watershed event, the devil and his and, and his angels expelled from heaven, and the great victory cry. Listen, my friends, you and I will be there to hear that cry. We will be there in heaven when the devil and his angels are finally expelled, and the accuser of the brethren, who accused the people of God before God day and night. Think about that. The devil for 6,000 years has been pestering God, been accusing, you see the way they live. They call themselves Christians. See how he sinned. See what she did. See that church. See how hypocritical. And, and the devil has had plenty of juicy national inquirer information about Christians and God's people for all these years. He has been accusing, 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 accusing. And now heaven in that sense goes silent as the devil and his angels are finally and ultimately expelled from heaven. Now, are they cast to hell? No, they're cast to earth. Uh, are they uh, consigned to eternal judgment yet? No, that still awaits them. So now they go to earth. This is the beginning of the great tribulation period well, you can only imagine uh, the devil who now has been bested, 
the devil now who has lost the stinging battle, how much he's going to take out his fury, how he's going to take out his anger on those that are upon the earth. That's why the great tribulation is considered so great in scope and in pain and in suffering. Why? Because the devil as a wounded uh loser of war is coming down to do all he can to wreak havoc in the small time he has left. Look at verse number 11, which is a reference now to those in heaven. And it says, and they overcame him, overcame the evil one, the devil, the dragon, the serpent, Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. So what is the ultimate way by which the people in heaven will experience victory? And specifically tribulation saints that have died uh, during this this time, what, what, what will be the, their, their claim to victory? Uh, not the strength of Michael. Uh, not the number of angels that fought with Michael. Not some battle strategy of angelic beings in heaven. No, the victory is the victory that has already been won. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The substitutionary nature of the salvation and righteousness that Jesus has brought by his blood. The word of our testimony. The fact that uh, our testimony is we have trusted Christ and believed on him and put our faith and trust in his finished work. Uh, that's That's the ticket. So even here on this great day of victory, where does the glory go? The glory goes to Jesus. What what secures the victory? Not might, not power, but the work of God in his son, the Lord Jesus. What a great reminder of the power of the gospel, both now and then and forevermore. So uh, that's all the time that we have for today. So I'm going to come back. We've got a little bit more to say about uh, how we should react to such great truth, how we will react one day when we're in heaven and we hear this voice and we see this happen, what should be and what will be our reaction. You're going to have to wait until next episode. We'll talk all about it. I hope you have a great day today. I hope you get a lot done for the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.